Has your local footy club had a recent clangor or challenge? Well, Amy is here to help. The Amy Clangers for Good competition is back for 2024. This year, Amy are donating $10 for every clangor recorded during the AFL season with eight community clubs in the chance to win up to $15,000. If you want your club to go into the running in 100 words or less, tell us how Amy can help your club bounce back from a recent challenge. Enter now at amy.com.au forward slash clangers for good. That's amy.com.au forward slash clangers for good. T's and C's apply. KO's got you covered for this footy season with every game of every round live and ad break free during play. AFL, here we go. Carlton versus Melbourne with no ad breaks during play. That is going to be an absolute banger. Last time these two uh, got together, well, not the last time, when I was there, I kicked three. Freo versus Swans, live with no ad breaks during play, exclusive in Victoria. And the Hawks versus Saints, live with no ad breaks during play, is going to be an absolute blockbuster. It's a must win for both of these teams. And don't forget the NBA playoffs. Gee whiz, they are going off at the moment. So many big games to mention, and they will be absolutely enthralling. Watch every game live with both Eastern and Western conferences live with ESPN on KO. There's absolutely plenty of room for everyone, so get on board with KO. Now also available on Hubble. G'day guys and welcome back to the Dylan Friends podcast. This week, it's big again, Luke Shuey. Luke is the captain of the mighty West Coast Eagles in the Australian Football League. He's played 201 games and kicked 136 goals. He's also a premiership player and a Norm Smith medalist in the 2018 grand final win over the Pies. Being the absolute legend of a bloke he is, he's jumped into the podcast head first, and this is big for me. He's one of my favourite players, and you'll learn I've loved him for a very long time. We touch on it all, early days playing school footy at Marcelin in the AGSV, his first few years at West Coast struggling with injury, playing in big games, kicking clutch goals, and probably one of the best games I've ever seen. The 2018 Grand Final versus Collingwood, Dom Sheed, thank you. We also touch on how he met his beautiful wife and we get to the bottom of some strange conjecture about when is the right age to stop being breastfed. Thanks again to this man for his time and his generosity on the show. I hope you enjoyed as much as I did. Let's go. Welcome to the Dylan Friends Podcast. My name is Deborah, Dylan's mum. Strap yourselves in for some light-hearted and wholesome fun. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Luke, Shuey, where are we, mate? Ah, uh, jeez. I, um, I, I say this a lot, but I am genuinely excited for this episode, mate. It's, it's been a while in the making. And to say that there's been some underlying issues around this as well, and, and longer than what you think. So... Firstly, mate, I want to get into that, but firstly, welcome to the Dylan Friends Podcast. Thanks, mate. Long, long time listener. First time guest. Been waiting a while, but um, you finally reached out and I'm glad you did. Well, it's, it's funny you say that, mate, because there's been a, a few things that have happened in our past and it's going, to get, it's going to be really interesting to get your opinion on this because there's been a few things that you know I've lost sleep over in the past about our relationship and I don't know if you feel the same way, but I really care about you. And I'm just hoping by the, I'm just hoping by the end of this we can really put it to bed of what's happened. Um, I want to start by by this. Okay, what's your first memories of, of our meeting? Well, see, I'm before we get into it, I'm getting a sense that we've um, we've had a couple of run-ins, be it good or bad, <laughs> that I don't really know about. Well, mate, I, I want to. <laughs> we, I don't think you're going to remember angel. this. No, it's, oh, well, that could be one of them. But this is the first one that really this this kept me up for about eight years of my life. Um, now, you're obviously a, 
prestigious player at the Marsland uh, School of Arts um, and Football. They the Marsland College. It's a well-known football factory, and you're the, you're the poster boy. Oh, and no. in no, year, we, we in year twelve, no, no, we didn't play it against each other. I was year seven. Okay, you were year twelve, and at, at an early age, you were already you know my hero. And you went to Marsland. I went to Ivano. Oh right. So I was at Ivano. I was at the other school. There's a massive rivalry there. It's like a rivalry where yep. Ivano really suck Pretty at footy big. and footy and Marsland would always just beat us up. But basically this day, and I'll, I'll never forget it, it was down at um Charlesworth Park and I think that year you guys were pretty much undefeated. You had an incredible list, which we'll get into later, but I was Waterboy. I was in year seven. And I was watching one of my heroes, Luke Shuey, run around. And at this age, you think I'm joking, but at this age, for some reason, I was obsessed with the TAC Cup. Anyway, I'm I'm handing out water, and we're getting beat by about 100 points. I thought, look, fuck it. While I'm here, I'm just going to try and give Luke Shuey some water and just see if he acknowledges me. So I think you probably had you'd had 40 and kicked four by then, and I was in my Ivano spray jacket, and I went up to you and said, hey, Luke, you want some water? You look through me. Through me. I've never felt as know, look through you. you look through me. I've never felt as low as shark shit in my life, and it's it honestly kept me up since. <laughs> look, I can confidently say I don't remember that. Um, <laughs> and look, I I must admit your name was getting thrown around as you started to play a lot of you know school footy and come through the ranks. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you're you're a bit known around the trap, so I got to know you then, but. I can't say I remember you as a Year Seven water boy um, at Chocolate Park. I do remember the day. I remember. Um, I remember playing Ivanhoe in Year Twelve at Ivanhoe, and yep, we uh, we had a pretty good day. We did most of the time against Ivanhoe. <laughs> but um, mate, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't remember you. Okay, well, I'll forgive you for that one. I'll forgive you. So anyway, eight years later, we finally get the next chance to reconnect, um, and we chat on Instagram, and you, you know, you slide in. To the, we were chatting, so you signed in my DMs. You're saying, I'm a massive fan of the show. I said, Yeah, no shit, everyone is, mate. And um, obviously, with this back of the mind, I've still been hurt by this first meeting, but I thought, No, nah, I'm gonna give it another chance. So I said, This is Luke Shilly again, he's one of my heroes. I've got to, I've got to send him some merch. So I send it, I sent you some, some t shirt, you're wearing it now. I sent you a t shirt and a jumper, and I thought, Oh my god, here we go. I'm finally eight years later gonna be best mate to Luke Shilly. Now, I know Perth is a long way away, it's, it's a far distance, but. It doesn't take six months for these things to get there. And I, I took the tracking. I, I knew it arrived. And I thought, that's strange. Maybe he didn't get it. But truth be told, you've got it on. I never heard one thing back since that moment. And it just begs, were you just there for the free merch? Or did you actually want to be friends? Are you, are you sure the coronavirus border shutdown didn't come into place <laughs> a long time ago? Because, mate... I remember you hit me up about it when we next saw each other, and I'd only received it like two weeks earlier. Okay. Mate, how about this? How about this? While we're going live now, I'll take a selfie. Yeah, that's nice. Computer. Yes. And with the merch on. You want to do that? Right. I, I do owe you a plaza going on. <laughs> All right. We'll get this selfie. Still in front the background. Plugs. Perfect. That's a bit slow to get it up there. And That's huge. Get the name out there. I so do I appreciate that. No, don't be silly. And last but not least, I thought to myself, because again, I have been staying up late at night thinking about this, and I, I was everything was rattling in my head, thinking maybe I've done something wrong, maybe I've done something wrong. And one night I woke up in a sweat, and it hit me. I knew what had happened. It was round eight, 2015, Carlton versus West Coast, Etihad Stadium. From the ball up. 
up. At least he's got to be fresh. Lucas wins the match. There it is. Hands it up. Kick from Buckley. Back from the dead. Scores on level. <laughs> you can't tell me you don't remember that game. That was on me, wasn't it? That was on you. I said... Luke Shuey, do not let Dylan Buckley out the back of a stoppage and get sucked in like that ever again. Uh, you know, that nearly cost me my career. I copped one of the all-time great goals. <laughs> um, but you, you know what? I can confidently say I wasn't the first bloke you did that to, and I definitely wasn't the last, mate. You were very good at sneaking out the back somehow. <laughs> mate, and look, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but to say that that was a defining moment in, you, in your career, and you look at it now, you're the captain of an AFL club, you're a premiership player, a Norm Smith medalist that we'll all get on, and I feel that I had something to do with that in that little bit of play there. Well, to play 12 years in this competition, mate, there's got to be some really down times, and for <laughs> me, that was one of them. That was You won that night too, didn't you? We did. Yeah, well, probably because of me. So I learned my lesson that night, and they, they do say you play on the best players, you learn the toughest lessons, and that was um, no exception. No, I'm right, mate. And to be honest, look, I'm just so happy to put this feud to bed. It's finished. Um, once and for all, we can um, we can put it to bed and we'll get into it. Now, mate, we, we touched on it earlier. Marceline Footy Club, one of the biggest football factories back in the day, and we touched on it earlier. You had a fantastic team. Um, who was who was playing? Who was running around with you back then? Uh, yeah, we were pretty good for a few years, fortunately. We had a uh, few blokes get drafted. So Luke Stanton got rookie to Kelton. Um, so he was a big boy. Um, dominated school footy. Dave Zaharakis um, played a lot of footy with Zaka. Um, and then I reckon four or five of our best mates were also really good footballers who um, never went on to um, play AFL. But um, junior footy, uh, they, they dominated. Um, a few years later, we had Bont come through Marcelin. Clearly yeah. the best thing to come out of Marcelin, the big Bont. Oh, it's questionable. Um, yeah, well, behind my enter score, obviously, <laughs> of 38. Um Jackie Nunes come through um, a few years later as well. So some good names, yeah, to come out of Marston. Steve Silvani, Gavin Brown back in the day. And what about um, that AGS fee at that time? Because, like, you know, the APS gets pumped up a lot, and I like to be loyal to my school. I feel like the AGS fee comp was, was just as good. Yeah, I think for years APS was looked at as a stronger division. But, you know, we used to have those AGS versus APS games. Always win. Well, we, we get... Oh, we gave APS a couple of hidings. So um, we had oh, we had some good names in the AGS. Trent Cotchin played at Peg. Um, there were a few Assumption boys who, who went all right. So, yeah, we had some good names over the years, mate. And, um, yeah, school footy was good fun, actually, looking back on it. We had some really good good memories. I dare say you probably didn't have great memories playing for Ivanhoe, mate. But um, It's funny you mention that. Uh, I don't. I don't have many. But you know what? There's, there's one that brings to mind that we won by one point after the game. But there's there's also some sad times for me playing school footy. And I think it actually was Marcelin, which is something I probably feel like I do need to apologise to you as well. Obviously, the John Bray Oval at Marcelin's a fantastic ground. Um, I actually have to send right, some apology letters to John Bray himself because one day I absolutely tore it to shreds. And um, I don't think it's recovered quite since that moment. But we, we move on from that because it's not about me, well, mate. This is your show. Mate... In that case, have you written letters of apology to the curators of the MCG Eddie had Adelaide Oval? Yes. MCG. Yes, I have. And yeah, I was I... Glad, glad we cleared that up. It sounds like you've done the same thing. <laughs> no, no, mate. I'm I'm not writing letters to tearing any grounds up. No, nah, I'll um no, nah, not me, mate. I'm 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 not doing the damage that you did on those grounds. That's for sure. It's funny that you're the you're the Norm Smith medalist, and I'm on talking shit. Anyway, you're listening to the Dylan Friends podcast. Oh, thanks so much for hanging out with my son. 
Growing up, mate, favourite player. I've got. I've heard that you might have had a little obsession um, with someone. Um, oh, here we go. Uh, look, I as a young kid, the my old man was a St Kilda fan, so I guess as a real young young fella, I was sort of forced into going for St Kilda, and then jumped ship to Melbourne um, a few years later. And I guess I never really followed a team too passionately, but yeah, when I got to maybe 14, 15 and started playing footy pretty serious and knew it was what I wanted to do, I, I just really enjoyed watching the stars at the competition. Um, and like millions of kids out there, Juddy was probably one that I um, yeah had a fair man crush on. Um, my best mate in Melbourne was actually a West Coast fan uh, growing up, so we used to um, finish our footy on a Sunday, go back to his house in West Coast, obviously playing every Sunday back then. We'd go back and watch Juddy do his thing, and this was in his West Coast heyday where he was, um, you know, by so far the best player in the competition. So, um, enjoyed watching him, and um, yeah, did up until he uh, finished his career at Carlton. I'm sure you taught him a few things along the way, though, mate. Oh, plenty of things. I, I don't get enough credit for that. Um, in saying that, though, I've heard that one day in a grand final parade, you've rocked up with a mate with a handmade sign, Juddy for PM. Yeah, I was there. That wasn't my sign, but yeah, I was there. And and um, my mate got on. I think he was. He we might have got his head on the uh, lead news story that night on Channel Ten or something. Um, but it was funny when I got to West Coast at the end of '08. They handed all the families like a welcome to West Coast DVD, and it was just three or four minutes of great memories over the last you know ten years. And he was actually on it. There was they grabbed the news clip vision from um, that grand final parade and he got a gig on this DVD and there I was in the background and no one really picked up on it. But, um, <laughs> that, that spun me out a little bit, yeah. But uh, no, mate, I was a big Judge fan. Yeah, it's hard not to be at that age. Um, we'll move on to West Coast then, mate. Picked up 18th pick in the 2008 draft. What was it like moving over at that age? Because I know for me, I would have struggled to move interstate at, at a young age. Yeah, mate, I was fine. With it, to be honest, um, I, I get you know, I've got empathy for guys who get homesick and, and that sort of thing because, um, you know, I get the family's a big part of everyone's life, but for me, it, it wasn't an issue. I still love, you know, I still love my family and my mates, um, but I was so excited just to start the next chapter and um, do what I, I guess I've been wanting to do for all my life, really, and that was be part of an AFL club. So, got over here, um, pretty lucky from a sense that. Um, really wealthy club, um, really well run, um, and just you know, in a really good position to help kids who come from interstate feel at home. So uh, I was lucky in that regard. Um, yeah, just just really, really stoked to be on an AFL list after, um, you know, I guess my under 16, 17, 18 years, I wasn't, I wasn't really a, a dominant player who was a Monty to be drafted. So um, to actually get the opportunity, yeah, I was stuck. And what were your first few likes over uh, first few years like over there? I know you had a couple of injury struggles early days, um, but it all worked out for the better. What were those first few years like? Yeah, I didn't play a lot of footy in my first two years. Um, so my first season um, had a combination of um, OP, it was back then, um, broken leg and a couple of hernia surgeries. So... I really only played, I think, maybe two reserves games at, at Waffle, coming back from injury, and then got re-injured. So I, my first year was a complete wipeout. Um, 
And my second year, I was fortunate enough to debut round one, um, played the first three games and then got injured again and had a, a bit of glandular fever midway through the year trying to come back. So that wiped out pretty much the rest of the year and, um, again, fortunate enough to play the last three games. But we actually got the wooden spoon that year, so um, all of my six games uh, were losses, uh, pretty convincing ones too. Um, that wasn't a lot of fun, but I was just stoked to you know, play a bit of AFL and, and get a taste for it, I guess. One thing I've got more than you, mate, is wooden spoons. So don't don't stress too much about that. <laughs> um, it was where obviously... Do you, where do you keep them? Oh, I've got them hung up somewhere. Um, I'm waiting to move yeah, into the nice. new place and I'll, I'll get a nice little room for them. Um, as you <laughs> said, it was funny that I'd never really realised that West Coast had actually won a wooden spoon, but thinking they're a pretty successful club and, as you said, they come from a lot of money. What do you think it makes it such a good place to be? Like, you, you really rarely ever see people leave the Eagles. Yeah, uh, well, except for the greatest play we ever had. Um, yeah, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see if... Well, he knew yeah. you were going to Carlton. Yeah, well, yeah, that yeah. could be an answer. So, um, I, I think it's a combination of, yeah, on-field success. I think for, you know, a lot of West Coast existence, they've, well, we've found ways to um, perform pretty well most years, but... Um, the other one is good people, you know, really well run by CEO, Trevor Nisbet. Um, and along the journey, there's, there's been a lot of really good coaches, not just senior coaches, but, um, you know, line and assistant coaches underneath them that um, just make it a really enjoyable place to be at. And, um, yeah, I, I guess that plays a, a big role in guys wanting to hang around as well. And I know you came runner-up in the Rising Star, but... An interesting, to- an interesting question I always like to ask guys, I suppose I never really always felt that I was like at the level, like I knew I could play AFL and I knew I was good enough to play, but was there a moment for you that you knew you were, you were going to play every week or did you sort of play on the edge and never really want to have that mindset? No, I don't know, man. I, no, definitely not back then. No, it was, um, you know, I was still a little bit starstruck from the guys that were around me back at, back in the day and. Um, at that time and um, you know I had that 2011 year where I did come running up in the Rising Star which a lot of guys mind you could to remind me I was 21 and three years into the competition yeah so you're, you're really pretty old eligible. yeah <laughs> if I had one I would have had to get up there in my Zimmer frame and <laughs> check the handout but um, <laughs> mate, I think that that year I played every game which I was, I was very lucky to do and um, finished top five in the best and fairest but I had there would have been three or four games where I stunk it up and um, no doubt would have been close to, to getting dropped. I had a conversation with Bush after one particular game and he said, um, you know, I remember him telling me that my spot was, was under pressure and I needed to find a way to perform pretty quick. Um, so it wasn't as though I was a walk-up start every week by any stretch of the imagination. It's interesting, man. I want to fast forward to 2015 which obviously was a, was a good year for the club. Um, it didn't finish the way you hoped, but I've heard you sort of speak a, a couple of times about this and the grand final and what you learnt from it. Um, yeah, look, I've, I've never liked the saying you have to lose one to win one. I think that's bullshit because there's a lot of guys who don't lose one before they win one. So I don't believe in that, but I, I do think if you, if you lose one, there's a lot of really good lessons to take out of it. And so that was, that was our biggest thing back in 2015 was was what can we learn from it, um, particularly against arguably the best team who, over the last, I don't know, maybe since Brisbane, I won 2 3 You know, Hawthorne were the benchmark for so long. So there were definitely lessons to 
take out of it. And um, everyone says, you know, being fortunate enough to get back there in, in 2018, everyone says, oh, you know, 2015 was four, four years ago, three years ago. Don't think about it, but it, it's hard not to. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to lose two grand finals and be open two. So, um, no doubt we different guys thought about it throughout the week individually. It wasn't something we discussed as a group, but it definitely crosses your mind because it's, you know, 2015, you talk about defining moments in careers. I'm sure that was um, one of them for a lot of us. Definitely. Does it make it a lot sweeter, though, knowing that, you know, that's the other spe- other side of the spectrum? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I can't now compare what it would be like to win your first one. So I, I don't know, but, it, you know, the, the down of 2015... Um, in terms of you know the high of winning one, um, it's just complete opposite ends of the spectrum. So you know maybe maybe you look back on 2015 and um, you know maybe you are a little bit more um, appreciative of what we were able to achieve in 2018. But um, I'd like to think if we had have won one before losing one, I still would have understood you know how special it really was. You're listening to the Dylan Friends podcast. Dylan, is your friend staying for dinner? I know there was something you did learn over that time. And in 2017, it really came to fruition. And it was the clutchness. It was just, it was just that goat mentality. It was just give the ball to Shoeman. Shoeman will do the rest. I want to play you some audio. You've got to talk me through this. Because this, I remember watching this, man. I honestly remember watching on the couch. I think I uploaded a photo. I was that excited. Again, this relationship we've had that was one way. Um, I just loved it. That was my goal. Whoops. <laughs> Wait a well done. Well done. I like that goal. Don't pretend that was an accident. That was not an accident. Fans can't bear to watch the season down to this extra time. Shuey taken high by Pollock. Free kick. Free kick for Luke Shuey. The clock. What were you thinking at this time? You got to override it. I was thinking, I can't believe I've get away. I've gotten away with ducking again. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's getting out of control. <laughs> Siren goes though. Are you thinking? Yeah, I've got. Did you even think about it? Um, I remember, I remember looking up and the runner came out and he said to me, "Mate, there's five seconds to go. You kick this, we win." I thought, no shit, mate. Here it is. That must be one of the best feelings ever. You know, I, I kicked that one against you guys, which was probably the best feeling that I've ever had. Um, it wasn't quite at the same stake and wasn't quite as good as goal. But talk me through, that must have been unbelievable. The ride back to, to Perth on the plane must have been good. It was, yeah, it was pretty cool, man. I, I guess if I take, if I take my, um, myself out of the situation, just to win a final in overtime was, was pretty cool. Like I'd, I don't know how many overtime finals there's been. I remember watching West Coast in one against Collingwood. Uh, before I was drafted, but it's actually playing that was a cool experience. Um, I remember my my now wife was over there for that game, and um, we actually stayed in Adelaide that night. I remember sitting in the hotel room with her, and I just I just couldn't get to sleep. I was just yeah, I was buzzing. Um, but yeah, no, next week against GWS. Were you there at that stage? No, no, I wasn't. I remember that one too. That was hectic. Um, Nat Nui with the snap goal. Yeah, that was. That was no, 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 no. The the week after the Port Adelaide final, we played GWS uh, 
up in Sydney. Which one was and that? Oh yes, yes, uh, yes. I don't, yeah, they won by about yeah, it got ugly. Um, so anyway, the, the high of the Port Adelaide game was um, yeah, we got brought back down to earth pretty quick. And you touched on earlier with the, with the the shrug. Um, who invented that? Was, do you, do you claim it or do you reckon it was Selwood? Well, he's been playing a lot longer than me. Uh, you know, I I can honestly say my intention was never to get a free kick there, right? You're just trying to get them off you. You're taught growing up. Well, mate, you're taught growing up to stay low when you get the ball, right? Harder to tackle. And when someone actually tackles you around your arms, what else else are you supposed to do with your arms? Just let them tackle you. Like, if if you want to strike them off, of course you can lift your arms up. I'll tell you what, the only people that disagree with that move are the ones who can't do it. Oh No, I'll tell you who the only ones to disagree with that are, are the millions of people around the country that don't like the way I play footy. Oh, they can't be um, that many. And, oh, mate, oh, there's a lot of them, trust me. I hear them every time we travel into state. <laughs> um, particularly, to, particularly to Port Adelaide games. Yeah, well, that's um, you've literally single-handedly broken every single yeah. Port Adelaide fan's heart. Yeah, no, it was a, it was a memorable night. It was, uh, you know, to play, as I said, to go to overtime. It's huge, mate. And then I suppose from that season, um, obviously, as you said, you didn't take too much further in the final series after that, but that's probably when it built up for the next season. And 2018, um, obviously a massive year for the club. What are your memories of the year, I suppose, throughout? Was there any memories that really stu- stood out at that stage and thought far out we're actually a full-on chance this year? Uh, I, I think a lot of years, um, you know, for, for a lot of the clubs who are up the top of the ladder, I guess you're, you're confident in your chances every year to, to get to the grand final. You know? if, you, if you're not, then you you probably shouldn't be playing. But um, there was well, a, I can honestly say I never thought I was going to win a grand final. <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> well, you might have been the difference last year against Richmond. Mate, yeah, that's, that's true. Le- Leon has to um, sleep without it night. It was a really good feel amongst the playing group throughout that season. Um, personally, I probably didn't have my best year. Um, I tore a hamstring, I think, maybe round six or seven, and it was a good one. I reckon I spent seven weeks on the sidelines um, trying to get over that. And then I came back, and my first two or three games were garbage. Um, I was real rusty. Um, at the time, my my wife was pregnant with our, our first child, so our one and only child, Ollie. So I, I guess the distraction from actually having a significant hamstring tear and not being able to play was that you know, we had a healthy healthy kid on the way. So that was a good reality check for us and a you know, good perspective. Um, fortunate enough to get back in the back end of the year and play some reasonably good footy, um, find some consistency, and then obviously the high of um, being part of the premiership side was a nice, nice cherry on top of a, a pretty good year. It was, mate. And it was one of the all-time games. Um, there's so many things I want to touch on about the game, but... I want to touch on this because it's the big part. Norm Smith, mate. You had 34 a goal. You received 11 out of 12 possible votes. And uh, you obviously finished the game the best on, on ground. Like, what's what's the way that you approach that game? Like, I know you said you just had your first son, but there's got to be some sort of mentality that goes into it. And to be able to bounce back after, you know, two years earlier, losing the game and probably not playing the way you wanted, as you said earlier. Um, my one vivid memory from... 
finals as a collective that year was um, I hadn't I hadn't been at my best. So my my first final and then obviously the prelim, um, I played reasonably average. You know, I wasn't at my best, and it hadn't cost us up until that point. But I didn't want to I didn't want it to cost us that following week. So I I went to Sam Mitchell, who was um, my midfield coach at the time, um, along with Nathan Van Berlo. Uh, but I went to Mitch that week and I said, mate, um, biggest game of my life this week. Um, I'll do anything to win. I don't care about getting a kick, but I haven't been my best. Um, I want you to sit down tonight, watch my last two games and tell me what I need to do to play well. So he came back to me a few days later and said, um, gave me two simple instructions, really simple. And I wrote them on a bit of paper, sticky tape to my steering wheel. So <laughs> whenever I was in my car, he was right in front of me. Um, and yeah, I guess going into the game, I had a simpler focus than I ever really did for any game, which is funny to think about considering probably more was on the line than ever before, but, um, yeah, I'd like to think it helped. No, it definitely did. Um, it was an incredible game. I, I like, I remember watching it and just thinking, you just honestly had no idea what was going to happen. Um, have you reflected much on it? I know your own performance, obviously, but have you reflected as a group on how you actually won the game yet? Um, once a week we get together and watch the No, no. We have had a couple of get-togethers. We um, we had a get-together that, obviously, that off-season um, at Simo's house and, and watched it as, as a group and had a few beers. That was, that was cool. Um, I think we... I actually think we had official meetings that week at the club. Obviously, you had your exit meetings, but I think we actually reviewed a tiny bit of the game on, on what we did well and that sort of thing. I can't really remember. I might have been a bit, a bit hazy. Yeah, you might have been the cordials. But, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think we spoke probably a, a bit more in-depth about it once we came back to pre-season and, and reflected a little bit on it. But um, obviously, the, the game changes so much from one season to the next. So we, we didn't want to dwell on 2018 too much going into 2019. But yeah, no, I've, I've seen the game couple of times and seen a lot of vision here and there at different events and um, maybe in my own time here and there as well. KO's got you covered for this footy season with every game of every round live and ad break free during play. AFL, here we go. Carlton versus Melbourne with no ad breaks during play. That is going to be an absolute banger. Last time these two uh, got together, well, not the last time, when I was there, I kicked three. Freo versus Swans, live with no ad breaks during play, exclusive in Victoria. And the Hawks versus Saints, live with no ad breaks during play, is going to be an absolute blockbuster. It's a must win for both of these teams. And don't forget the NBA playoffs. Gee whiz, they are going off at the moment. So many big games to mention, and they will be absolutely enthralling. Watch every game live with both Eastern and Western conferences live with ESPN on KO. There's absolutely plenty of room for everyone, so get on board with KO. Now also available on Hubble. You're listening to the Dylan Friends Podcast. Follow Dill at Dill Buckley and at Dylan Friends. Mate, there's a bit of audio again I want to play because this gives me goosebumps and I just want to get you your opinion on this and I want to hear more about the man himself. Talor provides the run, kicks inside 50, McGovern, McGovern, what a player. What a mark, Bruce, what a mark, and he goes to Vardy straight away. They need to keep going quickly, 2.29 remaining. Ryan with a big mark. Flying Ryan, what about 
plays on. Ball to Sheets, too long. Maynard can't get there. Sheed, did he play on? Did he take a step? Dom Sheed. I love him. Mm. What? Oh, you just don't hear yeah, a lot about well, him. So What's he like? He's a, he's a ripper, mate. He's a um, you'd actually get along fairly well with him. He's a country lad um, from Kalgoorlie. Kalgoorlie. Um, he's uh, yeah, laid back. Uh, loves a beer at the right time, um, <laughs> and just a, he's a good, honest footballer, mate. The old you know, hard working, nothing too flashy. Well, nothing too flashy. Uh, nothing too flashy about the way he plays. He's tough. Um, he's uh, he's changed a lot over the years. I think when he first came in as a midfielder, and especially a dominant midfielder as a, as a young kid, I think a lot of guys think um, the way to play well is get a lot of footy. And not that he not that he put himself before the team or just chased kicks, but um, he's grown. He's turned into a player who he will sacrifice a lot in his own game for the good of the team. But he's found ways to impact the game a lot more and just get the footy and that, that's helped him become a really good player for us you know like he I reckon probably the last two or three years there's been outside talk about his spot in the team and how's he going to find his way into the midfield and then we signed TK over the off season and everyone's writing oh you know Dom will be the one that gets pushed out but um, in the small sample size of three games we've had this year he's, he's had 20 and six tackles mainly off the half forward flank so he, his ability to adjust Things and find one impact is been really impressive, but um, I think it's Maybe I'll hook you up one day. Yeah, that'd be good. That'd be really good. Yeah. Um, it, it to be honest, it just sounds like that's that's West Coast really. It's just a, a well-oiled machine, and and the boys just all sort of play their role. But one thing that you know, I don't think this is uh, a secret, but I heard Adam um, Simpson saying once that he wanted Dom Sheet off the ground at that stage, and he was like really trying to get him off the ground. Yeah. I did hear that, and um, so I think Dom might have been forward at the time, and we had Mark Lacroix on the bench. So, um, obviously, Mark Lacroix, one of the greatest small forwards in West Coast history, you mm. probably want him on in the forward line with two or three minutes to go in a granny. Um, yes. But obviously, that, that passage of play, being stuck over the far side of the ground, uh, if you do want someone off, it's going to be pretty tough to get him, so... Uh, it doesn't surprise me that um, we couldn't get him off, but um, <laughs> I actually think that was his one effective kick all day. <laughs> Mate, I just want to know one more thing about Dom Sheet. Does he ever bring that goal up? Because I know if I kicked it, I'd get it tattooed across my forehead. Um, I nearly got it tattooed. Uh, he he doesn't talk about it, right? One bit humble. Um, if you bring it up with him, he'll he'll you know straight through to the keeper. Won't won't go near it. You get three or four beers into him, and you literally can't stop him from bringing it up. Oh, I, I want to have a beer with him. I need to. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's good value, Sheeta. Good but value. Dom Sheet, okay, he's one. He's kicked the goal to put you in front, but the people, a lot of people, don't realise the man that saved the match was yours truly, Luke Shuey. You just kicked a point. You you must bring this up after a few cans because you've just kicked a point. We won't go on <laughs> into that, but the ball's gone through the points. Someone's kicked the ball out. They've done the barrel down the middle of the ground. You've marked about 80 metres out, and you've lined up for a shot. Now, there was no way you were ever going to make the distance. I don't know to this day how that you got the 30 <laughs> seconds there to to um take, to run down the clock. But if you weren't there, man, like it, it could have it so easily been a score from um, Collingwood. So I 
yeah, so Steel Sidebottom rushed to point, which is like I love Steel Sidebottom as a player. He's a jet, and his um his footy IQ is up there with the best of them. So for him to have the nous with you know a minute to go in a grand final to rush a point so he can get a key possession, like typically to him anyway. So he's rushed the point. They've had a kick in, and for some reason I I don't know why I just didn't even think about oh they're probably going to go up the middle here to win a grand final. So. I've started setting up in my normal zone position and Mark Lacroix given me a bait, sort of like, mate, what are, you, what are you doing standing here? Just go 80 metres down the middle. So um, pretty gassed at that stage. You know, I've waddled um, towards their goal as quick as I can and I can't take credit for actually taking this mark and um, reading the play because the ball literally fell on the lap on that kick. I think Braden Maynard went the nori um, out of the goal square and... Um, I can't claim anything, mate. It landed on my chest. Um, the only thing I had to do was convince umpire Shawnee Ryan that I was having a shot from the tennis circle. So I went back and put the mouth guard in the sock. And, um, yeah, I don't know. There's a bit of breeze behind me. Maybe I could have kicked at 80. But uh, it was a pretty pretty win-free day. So um, plonked it in the pocket and let the big sports go to work. I believe in you, mate. Um, celebrations post that, mate. It doesn't <laughs> get much better. As you said earlier, you've just had your first son. You've won a premiership. And you're the Norm Smith. What, what did you just get up to? I know that there's obviously the after parties, but one thing that I'm always intrigued in that I hear a lot from guys that won flags, and when I say guys, pretty much my dad just tells me about this, but at a wealthy club, there's always sponsors that want to take his out on awesome trips after. Was there anything like that for, for you boys? Um, nah, no, no tricks. Um, we've got a lot of, obviously, a lot of people involved with the footy club who, um, you know, really good people and um, are part of the journey with you. So, want to have a you know bottle of wine with you here and there, maybe a bottle of Grange um, to celebrate the grand final that was. Um, but the week, yeah, the week after was was pretty fun, man. Um, being able to celebrate with the boys and um, we actually went on a players trip a couple of weeks later as a group, so that was good. Where'd you go? Um, we we got our way over to Hong Kong. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, so um, went over there, see the sights. A few beers. How it did. Couple. Yeah. Uh, it was fun. Um, so that was good. And then, mate, it, it gets. Uh, what one thing I was surprised about was um, uh, how quick actually winning a premiership gets put on the back burner. So I reckon three weeks into off season, we were back into running and training, and yeah. you're already into like, what do I need to do to um, be right to go next year? Um, which, you know, I, I guess before having won one, you always look at teams that win a flag and you, you just think it's a free pass for a couple of months to celebrate because so much effort and, and energy and time for a lot of us goes into it. So, but yeah, no, we turned a corner pretty quick, mate. And, um, I mean, there were get, there were get togethers along the way still where you get together and talk a bit of smack and, and re, you know, relive what happened. But, uh, at the same time, you're trying to find a balance between that and, um, preparation for the next season. Yeah, it's huge, man. And I'm sure there's plenty more to come. Um, now that I'm I'm not sort of aligned to a team, I, I'm not just saying this, but for some reason I've always just had this this love for West Coast. I think it was, you know, sort of growing up um, watching, you know, Juddy, Cousin, Curry, Dean Cox, and I've got a lot of family over in Perth. So it does, spot, it does hold a, a special uh, spot for me. And now that we're obviously rekindled our relationship, mate, um, consider me the new... Number one ticket holder. Um, actually, I'll be number. Oh, obviously, Daniel Ricciardo. I can't. 
move him out of the way. But he's he's a good man. I'll be I'm happy to just if he's not available one day, I can come up and do whatever. Mate, I, I must admit, West Coast as a whole are a big fan of you as well. Yeah, I have, around. and that's the thing, mate. I have heard that, but I again <laughs> with the whole sort of one after the siren that day. Again, you, you can always rekindle relationships. I know that, and I'm just sort of putting my best foot forward now to um to do so. So I'm happy that this is a first step, and I know that it's not gonna. Not going to end here, that's for sure. I was actually surprised we didn't look to Dylan Buckley when this whole SSB program signing. Hey, do you know, fun fact, actually, funny fact about this is, I don't even remember this, but when I got delisted from Carlton, um, thanks for bringing it up, I was obviously out of work and feeling a bit sorry for myself. And there was, I remember speaking to Bainey, my manager, Matt Bain, who's, who's your manager as well. So we share that in common as well. Great man, Matt Bain. Um, we've probably single-handedly made him a million bucks. Now, the the split of that money is, you know, we're not going to go into that. It's probably 99% you and then 1% me. But he's a good man, Matt. And there was only two teams that were sniffing around. Okay, I've said that there was one, but there was actually two teams. And when I said sniff, like, you know, the Giants were sniffing. And then I think there was one other team that sniffed and then just walked away. And that was West Coast. They was they were somewhat there, sort of keen. They were sort of looking. They were going, "Oh, we do need like a small forward to sort of, you know, get the boys up and about when they're a bit flat and whatnot." And um, they said, "No, nah, look, we've got this other guy." And at this stage, this player hadn't played a lot of footy. They said, "We've got Willie Rioli. We think that he's going to turn into something." So, thank God that West Coast didn't do that. Like, not ever saying. I'm not saying that they were going to get rid of Willie Rioli and pick me up. But they were saying, "Look, we've got this guy that might, you know, we 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 really want to back him in." And that year, I think he kicked like 60 goals and really just lit the stage a lot. So for, for your benefit, um, thank God you didn't. And that was, the, that was the premiership year as well. So I pretty much would have been – you can pretty much say that I'm a premiership player at West Coast is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> well, if, you want, <laughs> if you want to put it like that, I can roll with it. But, you know, so you, you got Steve Lissett to come up at the end of – 17. Yes. So that was, yeah, when we dropped it. So maybe if you had have actually been the one we had gone with, we would have won the grand final by 10 goals. Yeah. You well, just never know. 100%. Um, 100%. Look, I, I must admit, I was pretty happy we got Willie. Yeah. Willie. <laughs> <laughs> He's a very good player. Um, but, you know, who knows what the uh, who knows what the gods would have had in store had we gone with you, mate. Yeah. Well, look, you know, that story's for another day, I think. But again, you know, I We're think... We're premiership players, mate. Look at this. Premiership yeah, teammates. exactly. Premiership teammates, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I like that. You're listening to the Dylan Friends Podcast. Check the tweets at Dylan underscore Buckley. Mate, I want to talk about, look, you're the captain of the AFL club and you, you're obviously a great guy. Early in your career, you'll probably... And when I say probably, I didn't know you then, but you have been described as a larrick in early days. How do you think you sort of adapted now to being the captain of an AFL club. Has anything changed, or do you think that that's sort of how leadership works these days? Um, no, mate, I think, you know, if you, get, if you get lucky enough to be selected as captain, you just need to keep doing what you've done um, up until that point. I, I don't think anyone wants to see you change. Um, I'd like to think I'm here because of who I've been, you know, my whole career. Um, who des- who described me as a larrikin? Oh, it was many. It wasn't Matty, was it? Many. Um, yeah, look, mate, I, I'd like to think I'm, I'm here because of who I've been, but um, I guess the you know, the captaincy isn't something I... Um, if I had to finish my career and, and not have had the privilege of captaining a side, 
um, it wouldn't be something I'd look back and be disappointed about. You know, it wasn't captaincy wasn't something that I craved. Um, I enjoyed trying to improve as a leader and and be the best leader I could be. But that was only because I wanted to help you know, guys around me and, and help the footy club um, be successful. Um, and Shannon Hearn over the last five years has been um, been a wonderful captain for us. Obviously, premiership captain. That's really special. Um, and I, up until the day he told us that he was um, standing down as captain, I thought he was going to do it until he, he finished his career because he was, you know, he's still playing really good footy. Um, he he was a great captain, still would be if he was doing it. But um, you know, he's got his reasons for standing down. And um, yeah, I'm very honoured to be in the position. But um, as I said, it, it wasn't something that I necessarily felt like I needed to do while I was playing footy. Huge, mate. But I'm sure that Shannon can take a bit of comfort knowing that at least it is his doppelganger that's taken over from the captaincy. And there is a fair bit of similarities there in, in appearance. So um, in that aspect, I'm sure he's okay with it. Well, I think if I, mate, if I shave my head, I, I honestly don't think a lot of people will know that there's been a captaincy change. <laughs> I can walk out to the coin toss and the umpire will come up and go, G'day, Shannon. Good luck today. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I want to touch on your family life because you are a family man and it, it is evident to see um, all through social media. You've got a fantastic little family there, your beautiful partner. Is it wife? Yeah, yeah wife, I knew that. Yeah, lucky, yep. lucky enough for her, mate. Yeah, yeah. we're married. So. Yeah, I just didn't get the invite. So that's all right. Um, beautiful partner, uh, wife, Danny. And Mate, your your wedding invite must have been getting delivered by the same mailman that dropped your Dylan friend's merch off to me. <laughs> oh, fuck. Someone's stitching that. Is that not rocked up yet? Nah, no. that's, that's all right. I'll let you know. Wouldn't read about it. And your son Ollie, obviously, how has that changed your life now? From you know a young man to to a father, a handsome father. Oh, massively, mate. Yeah, it's a, it's a big change. Um, all for the better, obviously. Um, yeah, absolutely love time spent with the family, mate. It's um, you know, it's a completely um, completely different side of life than um, the footy world, which is which is good. You know, you come home and you you've just got a whole other list of um, responsibilities and duties as a father, so it uh, it takes your mind off the footy side of things, and um, yeah, mate, I guess having a kid, um, as a lot of parents will tell you, is, is the most rewarding thing in life, and that's you know that's um, that's alongside you know, playing footy and winning a premiership, um, hopefully more. Um, but being a father tops tops all of that, and um, certainly has its challenges, but. Um, yeah, no regrets along the way, mate. It's, it's awesome fun. I suppose being a father and a, and a parent, uh, you've got to communicate with each, with each other. Um, what was Danny's thoughts on, on you being breastfed till you um, in year seven? She didn't mind it. <laughs> <laughs> she was all right. <laughs> uh, you know, did you, Can we get... did you tune into my live Insta the other night with Nick? Well, I actually didn't. Is that where but... you got this from? Oh, no, I... Uh, Nick passed on the information through Tom Hickey, one of uh, a great friend of the show. Oh, um, mate, this is oh, one of the greatest. What's you tell the story because it's actually hilarious. <laughs> what story, mate? I didn't get breastfed till I was seven. No, That's but no wasn't story. it wasn't it your wasn't it Danny's brother? Oh yeah, he yeah. So someone made up a rumor, or someone said it to me one night, like, "Oh, you were breastfed year seven as a gag," and it was funny. I had a little laugh, yeah. and then Danny's Danny's brother Adam. Went on my Wikipedia page and, and edited it. Like, the final sentence was, um, one thing people may not know about Luke Shuey is that he was actually breastfed until he was seven. And <laughs> I don't know how long it stayed up. It might still be there. Um, 
it it might still be there. I haven't checked now. my Wikipedia page since this morning, mate. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, that was that was one of the great made up yarns, the uh, breastfed thing. But sometimes I like to roll with it, and I tell people the advantages I had of coming off at half time in junior footy and being able to, you know, calcium get a bit of man, milk into me. Oh, mate, no wonder I've never broken a bone. The calcium is just it's you're as hard as a cat's head. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, I actually, my mum told me the other day I was breastfed till I was seven months. So there's. Oh, there's okay. The seven. Yeah, we just forgot the months at the end. Okay, fantastic. That's all yeah, right. So it's still seven. That's good. You got the figure right. Yeah. <laughs> and on Danny, mate, obviously you're a lovely uh, Western Australian lady. Um, how did you meet her? Yours, mate. Actually, oh, there you go. Fantastic. Um, yeah. Wow. Uh, and how did, wow. how did how'd you meet mate, her? Finished. Bit of a story to that. She's a fan of yours because on our on our honeymoon, yeah, um, we were driving across Tasmania and we punched out about three of your episodes. And she loved it, mate. I'm honestly like, I probably the best, that's probably honestly the still. best day of my life right now. That that's been said. You don't know how much that means to me. I forgive you for better, everything you've ever done. Kicking, yes, better than kicking the winner on me. That's better from kicking the winner on you, bombing one on the G. Um, Probably three on the G, sorry. That's better than it all, and I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. Your beautiful wife, Danny. How'd you meet her? Talk me through the first date, because obviously you wooed her. You're a handsome man yourself, but um, how did it all play out, mate? Because you're obviously in uh, a fantastic relationship there. Yeah, mate. Well, her celebrity crush was uh, Shannon Hearn, so um, <laughs> when I found that out, I uh, <laughs> I was quick to swoon. Um no, nah, in all honesty, mate, uh, I signed up to be a radio guest for one of the local radio shows over here, and she was working at the radio station at the time. So, um, yeah, she couldn't keep her hands or eyes off me. And um, our, our first date was actually a, a coffee date on the morning of one of my games. Um, was it at the Dome? No, no, she wasn't that lucky. That I, I know that everyone dome, loves no. a Dome in Perth. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of... Oh, I sort of fizzled out now, I think. Okay. Um, but... I my routine used to be so pre Oliver. Now it's, there is no routine with an eighteen month old. But um, pre fatherhood, my routine was that I had to be out of the house before nine o'clock because otherwise I just felt like a sloth. You know, just yeah. felt sluggish. I had to get out and get going. So I'd get out and go go to the beach for a swim or go for a coffee. And I thought, um, you know, I'm nervous on game day anyway, so I'm going to be nervous on the first date. I might as well combine the two and see if it helps. Either or. Um, turns out she didn't return my calls and I played a stinker that night so um, didn't really work out either way but uh, no, we went for, went for a coffee on game day and I remember wearing a jumper because it was a bit nippy in the morning and we would have sat there for an hour and a bit chewed the that um, got along really well and three and as the coffee date got longer I started to sweat bullets in this jumper and it was a tight jumper so I, I didn't want to go to the effort of having to like pull it off because I could have that awkward moment where it, get, it stuck around your head and I just didn't want that on a date so I thought I'll try to ride it out. She think I'm getting nervous for this date like I started just fizzing out. Um, you talk about crumbling under pressure mate I, that was 101 um, but anyway lucky enough that she, she did come crawling back and here we are seven years later um, six years later and married with the child so must have done something right sure has mate and i think that you know obviously from my 
research and the boys say uh, she's a lot more fun to hang out with in yourself at some stage. So you've obviously got a, a great catch there. But one thing that the boys also like to say, and I, I'm pretty sure you're in the man cave at the moment, which looks fantastic. You've got your own man cave. But to get into the man cave, you have to give her a foot massage. You wouldn't have spoken to uh, – oh, that'd be, that'd be Nick. Um, <laughs> mate, there is no truth to that rumour. Um, <laughs> you know what? If she wants a man cave, she can have it. I'll have the house upstairs. Um, I, I cop a lot of shit that she owns the keys to the man cave. And, yeah, the only way I can get them is by giving her a foot massage. But, <laughs> mate, <laughs> um, a wise old man once said, do what you've got to do. Happy wife, happy wife. man with me. And to finish up, mate, I always like happy to ask wife, these life. questions. Are you married? Oh, not yet. Not yet. I, uh, we, we were going to get married, but um, the coronavirus has no? set oh, us back. right. And uh, right I, I'm feeling that isolation might be setting us back on the, on the wedding as well. <laughs> I don't think I'm her favourite person at the moment. <laughs> I don't think any of us are, mate. But anyway. You're listening to the Dylan Friends Podcast. Be yourself. Everyone else is taken. Mate, to finish up, I always like to ask these questions um, and I just like to ask these because I feel like people learn a lot from them. I learn a lot from them. But has there been, I suppose, a defining moment in your life that has got you to where you are now? Oh, I guess, mate, from a footy sense, playing 12 years of footy, there's always going to be moments that you learn from and um, you know experiences along the way that you, you come out the other side a better person, hopefully a better player for. Um, plenty of that. And plenty of um, yeah, plenty of downtime from a, a footy point of view where I, you know, I haven't been playing well or um, caught some good fakes along the way and um, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'd love to give you an inspirational story of where it all, um, where something turned around for me and um, I was able to play good footy after that. But uh, nothing springs to mind, mate. My my sister passed away in uh, two thousand and nine, so. Um, I, I guess going through that, you you learn a lot as a person and um, about probably what you value in life. So, um, you know, it's hard to compare what life would be now um, if that hadn't have happened. But, um, you know, I'm tipping it's probably changed me for the better in, in one way or another. But, um, yeah, no real inspirational story where uh, everything turned around for me, mate. Sorry about that. No, mate, it's it's an inspiration, mate. That story is definitely um, an inspiration in itself, and the way that you've you've handled yourself in those times. Obviously, you know, I, I did I did know that, and I, I was hoping that you would be open enough to to chat about it because I feel like it is something that has obviously had a massive impact on your life, and the things that you do now. Um, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it's obviously to to try and make you know her proud and to to get by, I suppose, like that, and that's probably the fondest memories that you can have. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, I'd like to think that I would have, um, you know, valued friendships and, and family very highly had that not have happened, but, um, yeah, no doubt it's taught me to treasure the ones that are close to you and, um, you know, be thankful for, for what you have in life because it, it is, um, life can be very fragile at, at times for a lot of people and obviously, um, you know, plenty of people across the AFL, players, coaches, um, you know, a lot of people go through, you know, hardship at, at different times. So, you know, I'm not the first bloke to go through something like that. And unfortunately, I won't be the last. But, um, yeah, everyone learns from, from different experiences, mate. And I guess one thing I yeah, hold close to my heart now is, is the value of family and, um, you know, having people in your corner when you need them. No, it's like beautiful. 
exactly right. It's beautiful, mate. It shows you your character and shows you the way that you, you treat your family now. And again, I've only seen this through through social media and whatnot, but it just seems like such a, a loving group and um, you're a great man and I'm, I'm blessed to have had you on the show. Mate, to finish, I'm a, I love my mottos. I love my quotes. Um, I like learning these ones. Have you got one for me? Oh, mate, I don't have a motto for you. Um, and I know you sent me a little run <laughs> beforehand, but I, I didn't even think to Google inspirational motto. No, it's right. If you don't have one, you can't – you don't need to make one up. It was more just if you had one – I'll tell you what I do. I'll tell you what I do say to my wife, Danielle, a lot. It, yeah, it doesn't have to be inspirational. It can just be. It can just yeah, be advice. Okay. All right. So my my thing to Danny is that there's certain things around the house that need to be done. You know, and I'm I'm aware of that. I'm the man of the house. I'll do the hard, the heavy lifting jobs. I just don't need to be reminded about it every ten months. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, get off my back. It will get done. I love that one. That is, I'm going to adapt. I'm, that is one. So that could probably even be the best advice I've ever got, especially at the time I'm in my life now. It's funny, mate. I've you know, and I don't want to use that one, mate. I, I don't want to say this too much because it's you know I'm all about equality and whatnot. But I have found that as soon as we've been engaged, and it's settled into that sort of mode of being engaged, and the wedding's coming up, she's just on my back all the time, like. <laughs> Everything I do, it was like, what happened to like, you know, the eight years before this when we were just, you know, like chilling out, like that was awesome. Um, now it's like, you know, I accidentally bring a rock in on my shoe and like I have to vacuum the whole house. Uh, wouldn't this be a great topic? What's the stupidest thing you've been in trouble for with your partner? <laughs> and I, you know, I could go for a while. Um, mate, I... I dare say it might be the, the pressure of, you know, and the stress, not the pressure, the stress on your beautiful wife of the coronavirus outbreak and yeah. having to put the wedding off. Maybe that has, let's give her the benefit of the doubt here. Right? The you coronavirus the is my side, fault, mate. <laughs> you, you do strike me as an unhygienic little prick. <laughs> um, let's give your wife to be the, uh, the benefit of the doubt yeah. here, mate, and maybe the, the stress of, you know, the wedding and organising and having put off Maybe he's, he's getting to her a little bit, but um, I promise you, you'll come out the other side and she'll be, what's her name? Justine. Jazzy she'll be Bay. the same old Justine you yeah. always knew, mate. No, I appreciate that, mate. Last question, mate. What's next for you? I know we're in a trying circumstances at the moment. It's a little bit different. There's no footy, but when we get back into it, what's the goals and um, what do you want to see yourself doing? Um, oh, from, from a footy sense, um, yeah, I've got to be careful not to get footy and, and life mixed up here because there's people going through stuff at the moment that's, that's real and you know, yeah. people losing jobs and that sort of thing. So very fortunate that I have a job to go back to. Um, but I, I'd love to get some footy in this year in saying that. Um, love to play a bit of footy and, and hopefully we can get the season underway sooner rather than later. But um, no, nah, mate, off field, um, my wife's gone back to studying this year. So she's um, she's studying to be a school teacher. So I've, I've found that I'm trying to take a little bit more of the load around the house with Oliver. Um, and having no footy on at the moment helps a little bit. Um, hopefully, grow the family, mate, over the next few years, and get some um, get some kids running around, and um, see how much longer I can hang on for in the footy world. Because I'm getting older, mate. Into thirty this year, unfortunately. Oh, you don't look a day over twenty nine, mate. Um, no. <laughs> get to work, um, mate. Again, I can't thank you enough for my time. I can't thank you enough for your time. Um, it's been unreal. It's it's been fantastic. Um, again, mate, as I said, in all honesty, uh, one of my favourite 
players. Um, I'm so blessed to have had you on the show. And, um, mate, whatever you need, I'm there. Um, if you need another small Ford coming in, um, I'm keeping fit at the moment. I'm doing what I need Whatever to do. I need. Whatever you Whatever need. Whatever I need, you Well, funny you say that, mate. I might need a bit of help with my home loan over the next six months or so. Well, so. that's – so that was the – that's probably the only thing I can't help you with. Um, there was an asterisk, wasn't there? Yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was a fine print. That was a terms and conditions. But okay. in all honesty, mate, thanks so much for your time on the show. Um, you've already got the merch. We know that. Um, so I might have to send something out to Ollie and Danny, and I, I definitely will do that. And um, send my love to the Thanks for listening thanks to the Dylan Friends Podcast. The show is produced by Dylan Buckley and Luca Ganano. Richard Stansbury looks after the audio and editing. Samuel Kenny Creative is responsible for branding and graphic design. And the show is recorded at 3AW Studios, Collins Street, Melbourne. If you would like to contact my son, head to dylanfriends.com or look me up in the white pages and I'll pass it on. KO's got you covered for this footy season with every game of every round live and ad break free during play. AFL, here we go. Carlton versus Melbourne with no ad breaks during play. That is going to be an absolute banger. Last time these two uh, got together, well, not the last time, when I was there, I kicked three. Freo versus Swans, live with no ad breaks during play, exclusive in Victoria. And the Hawks versus Saints, live with no ad breaks during play, is going to be an absolute blockbuster. It's a must win for both of these teams. And don't forget the NBA playoffs. Gee whiz, they are going off at the moment. So many big games to mention, and they will be absolutely enthralling. Watch every game live with both Eastern and Western conferences live with ESPN on KO. There's absolutely plenty of room for everyone, so get on board with KO. Now also available on Hubble.